to all our dads out there and all our moms. You are listening to episode 103 of the Fade You podcast. Today is November 30th, 2021. My name is Matthew James. I host this podcast. I have a cavalcade of dads here with me to talk everything that's going on in sports, talk some gambling. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about whatever. We are on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Follow us if you want Fade Den's plays which have been okay recently. It's been fine. Uh, This weekend, we shall see. If you like our show, subscribe to the pod. Press that subscribe button. You'll get the shows when they come out. We are going to probably drop, now that we're past episode 100, to two shows a week, probably Tuesdays and Thursdays, save Monday slot for when we have a guest and a special episode. So uh, that's kind of the plan going forward. How was the Thanksgiving, Dads? Joe, you're all you're all better. You're are you are you COVID negative? I am COVID negative at this point. Tomorrow's my first day back at work. It's been a bitch. I got tested last week, a PCR test that tested positive. So apparently you fucking can still test positive even though you don't you're not contagious anymore. So I was going through that, did another test today, came back negative, so I'm good to go. Feeling great. Can't wait to get back to the gym and back on the Peloton bike and fucking feel like a normal human being again there you go uh someone who's not a normal human being is chris duke sorry i missed your party dad it was a school night how was your thanksgiving though how's how's the parents it was great and we really missed you my dad and mom my literal dad and mom came and said where's matthew james at and i said <laughs> he fucking bailed on me but we're all good joe showed up brought us covid and uh, now everyone's sick. Just kidding. Now we're all good. And Joe looks like Jock Peterson today. It's good to see. Looks like you got a little haircut or something. And we're on poo. Who doesn't love a poopy Tuesday? We got Syracuse Orange going. Poopy Pit Panthers. They're both in the lead. Let's see if we can get some poop for the listeners. Good to see the poop post come back. Nice job, Chris. Neil, how, how was Thanksgiving with the family? Uh, Thanksgiving was really nice. We were out in Palm Springs for the day. Uh, Betting did not go so well. D. Jenny bets with a drunken family did not work out well, especially when we were in a room with a bunch of uh, Texans, uh, Dallas, Texas uh, fans and uh, residents. So uh, they, they dropped a little bit of coin um, on the old Cowboys. Whoops. So did Den. Nice bet, Den. Yeah. Kmart, Kmart, you here? You here with us? Oh, okay. yeah. I'm here. Okay, good. We got you. Uh, so you were in Arizona for Thanksgiving. Uh, tell us how that was. And then you came back just to go to USC versus BYU, where it looked like there were about 13 total people in attendance. How was all that? <laughs> my my family and friends were all 13. But, yeah, Thanksgiving was fun. Had a lot of fun with uh, friends and family. Played a lot of cornhole. Got a little too good at it because I would literally go out there for hours upon hours and just – get that muscle memory down until I just couldn't miss (laughs) but yeah you know a lot of fun turkey was good pumpkin pie is always good leftovers is even better don't know how that happens but uh 
yeah, we ended up getting a new car on Friday night before we left, traded in her old car, got a robe for, you know, the baby mobile and got back in time for the game, got absolutely trashed and then proceeded to absolutely yell at Graham Harrell after the game. Yeah, I woke up uh, Sunday morning and I looked at my phone and I read the text thread and I was like, oh man, the old Kmart's back. The one that wants to go on a, a drunken rampage in downtown Huntington Beach. You try to fight some nice people from Utah? Uh, no, I wasn't trying to fight them, but uh, I'm sure they didn't enjoy my language at the end of the game. <laughs> Can we just talk about really quick how uh, SC, those scumbag SC fans are saying, fuck the Mormons, yet their quarterback is a Mormon? I mean, no oh one, yeah, Joe. We were I never said. Was that what they were saying, Kmart? Because we were trying to figure. They out were. This. They were. Okay. I saw. I read an article on Twitter that like some university officials had to come out and apologize for the fans that were yelling <laughs> "fuck the Mormons." And I mean, the USC's quarterback is a Mormon, which is fan, great. So that's all I heard. That's crazy. Wow. Well, it was a <laughs> it was a merciful end to USC's season. But more on them in a few minutes. Uh, they've been in the news in case anyone hasn't heard, and we will we'll discuss all things college football hires here in a few minutes. But uh, we want to start the show with a little bit on MLB free agency. Um, man, there has been some money being thrown around. Holy shit. So, Neil, I want to bring you in. I think the first show we ever had you on was your win totals show for this season, and it is the end of November and we're talking baseball. So obviously some of the big names are moving teams. Uh, you got Max Scherzer sign. We had Chris's boy, Marcus Simeon sign. We had Corey Seager sign. How are you approaching free agency when it comes to forecasting win totals and futures? And how much are you thinking about that with all this money being thrown around? Yeah, certainly it's it's something just to, to keep an eye on. You know, you never know. There's so there's it's we're so early on. You know, there's still so many guys left to be signed. Um, but it's definitely there's some been some eye raising moves. Like I I'm really befuddled as to what the Rangers exactly are trying to accomplish. This was the third worst team in all of baseball last year, uh, sixty and a hundred and two. And they just went out and they spent half a billion dollars on their middle infield. Um, the guys are worth it, but I don't know what the Rangers are trying to prove um, in, by doing this move right now. Um, so it's just something to, sort of, to just keep an eye on. You got to realize, you know, who, what, you know, Scherzer leaves the Dodgers. Okay. Who's, you know, are the Dodgers going to replace him with somebody, you know, the Mets, I, I think that you get a lot of overreaction. I think the only market right now is just World Series uh, winner. Like, I don't even see in either of the, the books that I use, like either NLCS or ALCS, let alone divisions or win totals yet. But like, the, you know, the Mets signed, signed Scherzer. This is a non-playoff team from last year. And the Mets are plus 900 with the Giants plus 1600. Like, Really, you know, because they signed Scherzer, they lost Javi Baez. Like, there's just a lot to be done. There's a lot of names that are going to be thrown around there, and a lot of it's just it is a name. I mean, Scherzer's a big one, um, but a lot of guys, I think, are just it's it's going to be an overreaction to the market. Um, 
especially, you know, team homers that want to come in and be like, oh, my God, the Mets signed, you know, Scherzer. We got to go bet them. They were good. We're the best team ever. Um, a la USC Trojans National Championship next year. I'll book that as soon as it comes out. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe, I know one of your favorites has been the, the Mets team total under when Jacob DeGrom is pitching. And, and now you can probably do it with Scherzer, too. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to fade those fucking Mets. They're, they're so fadeable. So fadeable. And I love it. I love the overreaction, all these morons. I mean, it's the same thing like the Yankees. Everybody's going to shell all of this on the, all this money with the Yankees, and they're just going to disappoint every year like they always do. One of the things we want to tell people to tread carefully on is the winner of the offseason, right? Like, talk about hype and overreactions and narratives. We'll see how the rest of this shakes out, but don't think you're going to get an edge over the books based on free agent signings in the MLB win total market. Uh, Neil, you have to look for more under-the-radar teams, right? Like, I know you have an early one that you were going to maybe keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I think an interesting team because, uh, again, this is a team that I think is, still has a perception that they're really bad. Um, but they, they over-exceeded expectations last year. Um, I think a, you have to look – what I like to look for with win totals is like sort of a young core nucleus of guys and then, you know, through free agency – adding a couple like under the radar pieces. And I like the Detroit, the Detroit Tigers here, you know, they, they got 70, I think five wins last year. Um, sorry, 77, their win total, I think was 68. Um, they've got three young, you know, 23, 24 year old pitchers. Um, they add Baez, they added Eduardo Rodriguez kind of under the radar names. I think a couple more like under the radar name teams. I mean, I just, I can't see Detroit being, priced at 500 next year um and in a division that you know while they're not going to be chicago you know white Sox good like they should probably be around a 500 team the way they're trending and i think you know the win total is not going to reflect that so that's one of the teams that i'm sort of keeping an eye on um as well as you know the giants i think are is probably going to be the most intriguing win total i can't wait for that to come out just to see what exactly they price their win total at next season given how far off they were you know the books were last year i think matt and i talked about it I th- it's got to be like 84 85 i would guess joe where are Even they gonna because Gos- st- you don't have gossip i mean right you, you didn't resign gossip gossip left bryant maybe maybe not and i mean i think they're an interesting team from a free agent standpoint also because they're another team that has you know a core group of guys that can be really good posey retires you know, your ace is gone, though. What's the kid's name that just tore up the Dodgers? Um, series? Like, Webb, yeah. Like, you've got a young core of guys that and certainly you have the money to spend. Like, they could be out there. I'd be surprised if they weren't out there shopping. And, you know, a couple – I think – but I, to the same point, like, if they went out and got a couple of big-name guys, that throws off their win total to where it's, you know, you re-sign Chris Bryant and you pick up a, a stud pitcher, your win total is now 90 two and a half you know probably right in line with the Padres yeah I don't know I think there's just so much uncertainty too right now with the lockdown the lockout that's going to happen pretty quick here so you know we'll know more after that but we're just kind of yeah. just waiting we'll see what happens with the rest of the MLB offseason and check in with that periodically wow uh college football coaching carousel man they didn't wait long after the season regular season ended 
Uh, Chris, let me get you in here. So where is in the greater LA area, Lincoln Riley's new house going to be that they apparently spent six mil on? It's going to be somewhere along the coast. I know a lot of kids that grew up in the Palisades that went to Loyola and they eventually ended up at SC playing volleyball or water polo or baseball or whatever right there. So you've got like a, like a 10 to 15 mile stretch from like the Palisades past Venice to um, past El Segundo, Hermosa, Manhattan. Usually like a lot of folks on the Kings and the Lakers settle in Manhattan um, beach. We'll see, man. It'll be interesting to see six milli, uh, you know, unlimited access to the, to the private jet. I don't know how much of these rumors are real, but sounds like a good gig. What, yeah. What else was it? What else was in the deal? $110 million. Oh, that's all. That's a pretty big deal too. (laughs) So yeah. Did, uh, did, did athletic director Mike bone, no relation. Did he have to sell his soul to the devil to get Lincoln Riley to leave Oklahoma to go to USC? Neil, what, what, how did this go down? I mean, there's no way you can possibly believe that Lincoln Riley, and he, he was on SVP, he asked the same question. He's like, oh, well, the first time I ever took a call was Saturday night, and we signed the deal Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Like, if, if there's anyone believing that, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, it, this had probably been in the works at least a little bit of time. Because um, you don't just say, oh, like, yeah, let me go from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles. Um, and at the same time, if you're a USC, you don't just drop, you know, what's going to be $150 million plus on this, you know, massive contract. So, um you know, it had been in the works as one of the two resident USC homers here. I've had an erection since Sunday. Can't get it to go away. Need to consult the physician. Is this fantastic news? Where's Riley? Riley. Yeah, where's Riley? What type? What type of boner? Like four, seven? No, it's interesting because they said that, you know, what if Oklahoma won? And next thing you know, they're going to play for the Big 12. Then they win. They have this outside chance at the playoff. And then here Notre Dame is. And they have a chance, too. It's like, what are they going to do? Go to the college football playoff with an interim? It's, it's kind of funny, that the timing. All right, Kmart. You're back. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that yet. But, I mean, I do, I do kind of strongly disagree with what Neil said about it being in the works for a while. Um, it just – like even yesterday when or the other day when it happened, it just felt, you know, it didn't seem like SC knew he was available. And after that news broke about LSU, I mean, I don't know if it's believable Saturday to Sunday, but I'm sure there was an initial phone call. But it does seem like it happened pretty hastily, um, you know, where it's just like, oh. SC, how can I pass this up? It's a lot of money. He's going to overpay for his houses, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, they're really trying to make it work. Um, then you have the other noise of Oklahoma going to the SEC. But, I mean, SC's not back, but, I mean, you can feel the excitement's back with the program. I mean, already getting Nelson to commit. I mean, that's, that's big already. Um, I don't know how many guys are going to – follow him i mean there's already been 
five or seven decommits from Oklahoma. So, you know, you get at least the running back to come, you know, that'll be nice, but it's definitely a turn in the right direction that you definitely know the UFC faithful have been clamoring for, for, I don't know, four years to fire Helton. So at least they're happy for now. So only time will tell. They've been wanting a big name for a while and they finally got one. So Kyle, let me ask you this. Lincoln Riley is a coach. Great offensive mind. Scott had a couple Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, but is he a difference maker as a head coach? I guess it depends on what are the expectations, right? Is it, is it win the Rose Bowl? Is it make the playoff? Is it win a national championship? Like, Well, I mean, it's, it's SC, so I think the expectations are already going to be set high for year one, but you can't expect them to go win the Rose Bowl. I think year two, you know, they, they better be – pretty damn close if not in the Rolls Bowl and winning the Pac-12 I think that's where it starts they've won one since Carroll left so that's really where they need you know him to come through I mean we were talking about it last night you know he has the best offense in the five seasons he's been at Oklahoma but his defenses haven't been you know the greatest he's had a couple years where they were pretty damn good I know that much but you know SC back in the heyday, they were built on, you know, very high powered offense, obviously, but you know, their defense was very underrated because, mm-hmm. you know, just the track show of Bush, Lundell, Liner, you know, for all those years after Palmer left, you know, it was just a lot of fun to be a fan, but the defense is really what, you know, won a couple of those close games, you know, at the very beginning where the recruits started coming over. Joe, I can just see how much you're enjoying all the USC talk. Do you see this as an opportunity <laughs> next season to maybe fade the hype? Uh, yeah. Does Ed send pictures <laughs> of his dick to Chris? <laughs> yes, he does. So, yes, you do. You fade those fucks. What do you think, Chris? You agree? You think the market's going to overreact to uh, to the big sexy hire and and some value and fading SC next season? Yeah, I mean, with the big names, we already know those big names are already inflated. Without you know this hire, even with Clay Helton, we'd always laugh if SC came out a big favorite. We'd always say fade them as faves, and they're as scrappy as dogs. Like they just covered against BYU as a dog. So it's like, yeah, of course we're gonna gonna sell high on this. Uh, Lincoln, it'll be interesting to see how how inflated they are, though. You know, the, can't wait to see the schedules and who that I know. We'll, we'll see if he wants to. He's going to get some sexy out-of-conference games, kind of because he wants to, you know, everyone says how the Pac-12 is weak and they can't. They just beat up on each other, so he's got to get it so that SC just runs through everyone and stop losing gimme games to Utah or, you know, other weak Oregon State, stuff like that. Or Mormontown, fucking BYU. <laughs> well, Neil, if that one wasn't as much of a, or if that wasn't a bombshell enough, you also had LSU not get Lincoln Riley, but instead look to Bryant Kelly from Notre Dame. That's an odd fit. I mean, it is a little bit of an odd fit. And I think Chris mentioned it right before. That was an odd time. I mean, that one was even more odd timing because it doesn't take, I mean, right. Like to Chris's point, 
Cincinnati, if Cincinnati loses this weekend and Alabama gets blown out, like Notre Dame sitting in the fourth in the fourth spot, I think, you know, on for the playoffs. And they're going to play for a national championship potentially. Like it only takes two things. So for that to happen in the timing that it did, like that's really weird. But to Brian Kelly's point, like I, you know, he was so underpaid, right? I think I thought saw a thing like he's only making like two million a year. Right. So, and he's turning out a top 10 college football program in what everyone says is a tough place, you know, because you have so many other standards because you're such a religious school. Like, and he's still turning it out great talent. So, I'm this is a good spot for him. I, I think it's a good spot for him. It's odd. He, you know, he's not a Southern guy. Um, he's not a like a coach O to go down there, but he's a good football coach. I think he's going to get, you know, he was able to get good players to go to Notre Dame. He, he's going to get good players to go to LSU because kids want to go to LSU. Um, so, but the, but the timing to say that, the, you know, the Lincoln Raleigh one was odd, like this one at the time frame because of it was Notre Dame, that one had me scratching my head a bit. Hey, Chris, would you be able to meet Notre Dame's lofty academic and more importantly, religious standards, you Catholic fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I have to retake the SAT and uh, go to confession a couple times for sure. A couple times, Joe. How many times would Chris Duke need to go to confession <laughs> to be allowed anywhere near Notre Dame? Technically, one confession, but it'll take him a long time to say all those "Our Fathers" and "Hail Marys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had to get a little ball busting in there. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk some of these conference championships. Which ones should we care about? Which ones should we bet on? And then we'll talk some early week 13 NFL as well. All right. Coaching news is not all that's going on in college football. We actually have games that matter this weekend. Um, Neil, how do you, how should we approach conference championship weekend uh what's the one you're looking forward to the most well i i think the one i'm looking forward to watching the most is obviously georgia and bama it's going to be interesting to see how bama um can if they can fare and do anything against this georgia defense that's been so good all season long i mean giving up i think 6.9 points a game so far this season um, and, and this is a game that Alabama, I think at least, you know, probably has to keep close. Uh, I, I don't know if a two loss team deserve, even if their name is Alabama, I'm not sure if they deserve to be in the top, uh, four there by the time the season's all done. But I think the one I'm just most interested in, and I probably have the, my, at least my biggest bet on, um, is Oklahoma state playing Baylor, um, Oklahoma state sitting there, you know, they're ranked fifth. I don't know if the new standings have come out yet or we're spoiling for waiting for those. I'll be on the edge of my seat like the rest of you guys. Um, but, you know, obviously they're the, the team that probably, you know, has, you know, that they have to win along with Cincinnati um, to, to have a chance. Uh, they're laying less than a touchdown. So I think the line was five, five and a half against Baylor. I think they're coming, you know, they're coming off of a really big win in beating Oklahoma and knocking them out. There's, you know, They've got to do what they can. They probably need it, you know, to be impressive. That's going to be an interesting one. I like the fact – somebody like the fact that they're laying less than a touchdown and they have so much to play for. But but that Georgia-Bama game is going to tell us a lot. Chris, I want to ask you about these two on Friday night. Uh, I'm seeing Conference USA Championship, Western Kentucky, 
versus UTSA, who is ranked, but it's Western Kentucky. That looks like they're minus two. That seems a little smelly to me. And then the Pac-12 championship, Oregon, Utah, you and I got to enjoy the first meeting at uh, your spot, Jimmy Bones. And I think that one was Utah minus three. Now, this one is also Utah minus three after they absolutely raped and pillaged everything that Oregon brought. And the line is the same. What are your thoughts on these two Friday night lines? Yeah, it's definitely seems smelly with the Western Kentucky uh, eight and four. And we know all the hype on the road runners. They've been hot. One let down last week. They're really good. That smells. And yeah, I mean, you touched upon one of the games I was really hoping to look forward to is that Utah, Oregon, they beat them 38 to seven. And Joe asked me the other night what I thought the line was. We both said probably right at three, just leave it what it was because you can't overreact from one game. And we know, like I just said earlier, in the last segment, the Pac-12 just beats up on each other. So uh, I think the Den side would be Utah. He just saw a 30-point win, and now all they got to do is win by three again. Um, same thing, uh, one that caught my eye right before you uh, brought it over to me is that App State-Louisiana game they played previously in this season. And uh, Raging Cajuns beat them 41-13. to 13. They just destroyed them but i'm seeing app state is minus three people probably look at that and go what the fuck like why is the team that won by 30 getting points this time again don't overreact it's hard to beat people twice especially when you know app state wants to knock them off um and uh be kings of that conference so a lot of it's cool to see rematches and uh this weekend's great i got one for you too matt uh yeah go joe the, the Mountain West, obviously, I'm a Fresno State Bulldog fan, so I kind of keep a close eye on that that whole thing. And uh, fuck Boise State for taking down San Diego State. Otherwise, Bulldogs would have been in the Mountain West Championship. But it's uh, San Diego State, Utah State. I fucking love Utah State plus five and a half. I think San Diego State's overrated. They're 11 and one, but they're also four, one and five or one and four in the last five ATS. And they've looked like shit ever since they lost to the Bulldogs. They scored 17 on Hawaii, almost lost to Nevada, almost lost to UNLV in Vegas. We all watched that one. And then, obviously, they played Boise but didn't look too good in the first half of that game last week. So, I think Utah State's going to go in there, punch them in the mouth, and win the Mountain West Championship. I I would bet take the points but also sprinkle money line. Uh, where do they have the Mountain West Championship game? Um, I believe it's. I think it's in Carson. It, oh, it it's is. Gonna be, okay. It's going to be in Carson. Yeah, it's going to be in Carson. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah and different differentials towards Utah State. Thirty-six percent of the money, or thirty-six percent of the bets, fifty-six percent of the money. So, I, I I lean the uh Utah State Utes there big. Well, and Chris, that's another one where all the dens of the world are going to just see the ranking next to San Diego State and just lay the points, right? Utah State Aggies. Apologies. <laughs> the Aggies. Yeah, uh, that and they're going to see that they have two more wins and they're probably going to think, you know, SDSU is a staple there and that's SDSU, Boise and Fresno. Utah State was horrible. I think they lost like one. They went one and five and lost by like 20 plus last year. A big turnaround. Uh, good for the people that have huge plus money tickets, 50 to one on them to win this conference. And we'll see if they can knock them off. Neil, how about and, the big – or go ahead, Joe. And one last – Utah State, uh, 12 games, they're 8-4 and four ATS. It's wow. not bad at all. 
No, not, not too shabby. Neil, how about the Big Ten? One thing we haven't touched on yet is that <laughs> Harbaugh finally did it. They said Harbaugh couldn't beat anybody, couldn't beat Ohio State, he couldn't win a big game, and he pulled his cock out, and uh, they ran it down the Buckeyes' throats. So Iowa-Michigan this weekend for the Big Ten, how eager would Iowa. you be to lay the number with Michigan after that big win? It's a big number. Not going to happen. I, I, I have no interest in taking the other side either. Um, Come on, Neil. Take like, the poo with me. I, uh, if I was going gun to my head and I'm taking, I'm taking Iowa, but God, I was so bad. Um, I just don't know how they, you know, how they do what they do either. So, um, you know, I'll, it's just a weird dynamic teams that have so much to play for. Like you can't let down. Right. Like so where in like just regular season as you were going along, you know, if this had just been a regular regular season game that Michigan was coming off, there'd be no way that Iowa would be absolutely the side. But going into coming off of a massive game and going into another massive, massive game like I I don't think that this is the scenario in which you can take the dog. There's just a different dynamic going into you know, a conference championship game that can put you into the final four, which Michigan has not been in, you know, since they started this thing. I just don't think it's a way you, you, you can touch it. Corn fed cock. We'll be on it because Dan will be on Michigan, guys. <laughs> so just prepare yourselves. Michigan by seven, baby. Speaking of corn, Chris, we have to shout out Nebraska for being one of the worst fade den beats I can possibly remember since I started fading Den. I was texting you because I was kind of out running around. I'm looking at the score, and Nebraska is up like 21 to 6 in the third wow. quarter. And then I texted you. I said, what the fuck happened? How did Nebraska end up losing this game by 7? Scott Frost special teams. That's all you can say. They've done it for years. Missed extra points, blocked punts, just scum. And it costs us uh, that, that Chris, that is as, that is as bad as it gets. I mean, wasn't there a safety in there too? A bad safety. Oh. I mean, anything you could think of the Huskers did it. Oh my God. Yeah. And um, shout out I told Charles, you Murphy's Charles law, Barkley. Murphy's law game. <laughs> Newton's, Newton's law. law. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Charles Barkley even brought it up during the uh, match during between the match. Brooks and Bryce. And he's like, wow. I would have put more money on this, but Nebraska doesn't know how to cover. <laughs> that was great. Classic. Oh, God. Charles is such a dad. Oh, my God. For sure. He's hilarious. Is that the dream dream guest, Joe, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's up there, man. He, I he's mean, definitely up there. Just to shoot the shit with Chuck. Oh, my God. All right. How about some uh, NFL Week 13? We'll get more into this when we record later in the week. But Chris Duke, I know you looked at the slate and and we said, oh, my God, this is if you love ugly dogs and teams that no one wants to bet. This is a slate hand sculpted by Michelangelo himself. Holy poop. Michelangelo Leonardo da Vinci. This is the Sistine Chapel of poop for us this week. 
This is great. So many ugly dogs. We talked about it. Like you said, Matt, usually there's ugly dogs and there's a little bit more balance of where the money's coming in. But you look at a lot of these and it is so 70, 30 or 80, 21 way, which you'd love to see because people, like you said, Matt, oh, we're in week 12, 13 now. People got this thing figured out. They know who's good and who can cover and not, right? But uh, not the case. We'll see what kind of bloodbath you like to see it. So uh, can't wait to see if Dan can go on another little one in eight run like he did last Sunday and fire it away. I think the poopy line of the, well, not of the year, but like Chris, you, you're, this has to be a play for you. And if it's not, you're dumb. And that would just be just giants plus five and a half going to Miami. Like nobody wants to fire the giants. Cause especially Miami's gotten hot lately and just is it that high. I thought I saw three. I, is it, has it gone I up? Thought it was three. Oh, is it three? I don't know. I, I was looking on action. Maybe we haven't updated yet, but. Fuck maybe you. you're talking about Jets plus six at home against the Eagles. I'll fade the Eagles no, again. No. Let's Giants, go. Giants in Miami. Yeah, it's saying, it's saying five and a half on here. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't, I I haven't know. checked the, I haven't checked the book, but holy shit. Yeah, I'll take Giants all day, all day. <laughs> There's a lot of scum. I mean, it's a lot of teams. That nobody's gonna want to bet the Jaguars. Nobody's going to want to bet the Falcons. Like, there's a lot. Chris, I mean, it, St- Steelers are dead, right? Steelers are dead. Seahawks are dead. Everybody's dead. I mean, they don't get that. These are, this is a Steelers Super Bowl. I mean, they live. I mean, I remember 10 years ago when I started out betting, I had buddies and they would always want to lay, you know, they would lay with the Steelers when the Steelers were better than the Ravens. And they'd always, it would always be a field goal game. It was always a one, two, three. These guys hate each other. So you love to see that the Steelers are catching over a field goal at home after getting blown the fuck out. By yeah, the but that was that was when Big Ben was actually able to run the ball more than three yards downfield. Now, if you fucking sneeze three feet up within him, he'll fall over. True, true. But I mean, I don't, I don't think Vegas gives freebies. So, I mean, they do every once in a while. Uh, Bengals were last week, but we'll see. The Dens will run to the counter to bet the ravens oh yeah well it'll be interesting to see how that line moves too i got like baltimore minus four and a half right now and 82 percent of the money and 96 percent of the bets are on fucking baltimore so you know that line's gonna move up yeah chris oh, wow. you think you think pittsburgh will be a book need by sunday i wonder fuck yeah <laughs> a little <laughs> tiny bit maybe a little yeah. bit oh my god uh, so that that afternoon slate is great because just like last week, Den got wrecked in the afternoon slate, and that afternoon slate is poop because it's the Niners against oh the god awful Seahawks and the Ravens against the god awful Steelers. So, wow. Well, I definitely Dude, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, KC minus ten against Denver. That one is blowing my mind too. Any? Are we going to hear anything about Andy Reid off of by this week? Joe, KC's back. Yeah. Like this season. Oh fuck. Dude, that, back, Joe. That, like, that's, the, that's the biggest bait I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. 13 points against Green Bay and 19 against Dallas. They're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, and Denver, <laughs> who knows, man? Division game, catching 10 points? got to be shitting me. Well, isn't that – that got flexed into Sunday night, I think. Yeah, they took the Niners C- Seattle out and then put uh, that. So you're telling me we're going to need Denver plus 10? I love it, dude. I, that's – I don't know how that's not a play in Vanilla Grill this week. I'm going to go ahead and say a very controversial thing and say that I will double. Let's do. I'll I'll double S. No, I'll double shot. I'll do two yugs. 
if I'm wrong. I'm going to go ahead and say I think Den might come in on Denver. I think he might have liked what he saw last week. And I think he's down on his on the Chiefs. But we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. That might just be one where he comes in on the fucking total. Just goes over first right. quarter, first half. Because you yeah. know there's going to be – you're going to need a lot of points if you're going to have yeah. GC. And it's only 10. 47. He loves those little – those little bait totals. Drew Lockcock or is Teddy going to be back? I think no. Teddy's Teddy okay. Back. I think Teddy finished that last Yeah, I think he came back in after the – He looked Teddy good. Last game. Yeah. Teddy yeah. two cocks. You're going to give me 10 points with Teddy? Give me that shit all day. Yeah, yeah that's going to be one. Again, the Andy Reid off a of bye. I, I've been hearing that for almost, I mean, my entire adult life. So that is going to be out there a lot this week. We touched on Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Neil, how about this? And and we briefly mentioned it, but San Francisco is back and Seattle is dead as the whole world saw last night on Monday Night Football. Wow. Is this just... It might be the... Yeah. That might be the most disgusting play that you have to take the Seahawks plus three and a half. Like, I, I can't think of a team that I would least like the back more right now than the Seahawks. Um, but exactly it. The 49ers are everyone. 49ers are back. They're making their playoff run. Seahawks are dead. They can't score. They got one last drive at the end. Um, but you got to sack up and probably be on the, the side of the Seahawks. Chris, is that right? I mean, do you have to hold your nose and take Seattle? I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen going through Twitter sleeper team in the nfc watch out for the niners they're getting healthy they're running the ball they're back this this will 100 percent be in smelly poops contest play without a doubt and it we know we're going to be on it fading den so absolutely give me the seahawks russell as a doggy he's not right but you know he can if they're down seven or ten in the last, he did it against you know Washington last night. He can go get you a garbage touch, keep, keep it within three. Dude, you know what's crazy too is I'm looking right now. Seattle's one nine and one towards the under. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize how low scoring those fuckers were. Jesus. And I feel like their over yeah, game under might have been like really early, right? Didn't they? They uh, was had the, a the one sp- when the Titans came back, I think. Oh my God, that was like week two, right? Yeah the the only game of the last five games they've scored fifteen, thirteen, zero. They scored thirty one against Jacksonville and then ten against New Orleans. Wow! wow. <laughs> Holy shit! Pete Carroll's got a great offense going. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, Joe. One one thing we're kind of we're all around it is this idea that sometimes you have to look towards these teams that everyone has left for dead, right? Like Chris said it at the beginning, everyone thinks they figured out the NFL by this point. It's week 13. I mean, we saw it with the Raiders last week. That was a dead team off of some really bad performances. And they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving and they win outright. Now say what you want about the flags. That game was uh, was something to watch, but just reassure. And we'll get out of here after this that don't just ignore these teams that have looked flat and looked bad. Like it's, it's the NFL. You never know when somebody's going to come back to life and surprise. 
yeah, no, nobody knows shit. Like Dave always says, and it's, you know, it's the, the, a lot of that's going into my, my handicapping and picking games. Like I looked at, you know, same thing, Pittsburgh. I thought to, everybody was like, Oh, Pittsburgh's going to cover that number. That was that trendy fucking dog that everybody liked division game, catching four and a half, whatever it was, three and a half. And then since he goes and just absolutely dismantles Pittsburgh, same thing with Miami, you know, uh, was it that open that line was what Miami plus two and then they go and just absolutely smoke. I think Carolina is another one of those teams that's just struggling because they don't know who's playing quarterback and the team's just not it's just not a good football team. So, you know, you got to take that into account, too. You can't just be like, oh, this dog's sharp or whatever. You know, you got you got to be able to lay the points, too. And there's nothing wrong with that, at least in a contest setting. No, it's it's well said. Um, I think the, the Vikings were another one this past week that was, I think, uh that that was one of the highest bet sides is Minnesota as a dog going into San Francisco and some crazy stuff happened, but the Niners ended up covering. So be careful out there, everyone betting NFL week 13. We will come back with much more on that later this week. Chris, before we get out of here, just remind everybody what happens sometimes when you bet poop, you get some gorgeously poopy results sometimes folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. This is Fade You.